Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. things about Father's Day to me is getting to church and your little grandbaby giving you one of these. And it says this Father's Day card is for you, a VIP, a very important papa. That's you. Happy Father's Day. And she signed it. Thank you, Kaylin. That makes my day. Well, um, Try not to take a long time. Uh, Chris has sort of hit a lot of notes this morning, so you'll know how great minds work together. <laughs> we we didn't compare notes, and I promise. But I did I did want to share some things with you this morning, and uh, I'll get you Edith after church. But. Uh, this is how celebrating Father's Day began, and it's similar to what Christopher was saying, but uh, just bear with me. The idea for creating a day for children to honor their fathers began in Spokane, Washington. A woman by the name of Sonora Smart Dodd thought of the idea for Father's Day while listening to a Mother's Day sermon in 1909. Having been raised by her father after her mother died, Sonora wanted her father to know how, how special he was to her. It was her father that made all the parental sacrifices and that was in the eyes of her daughter a courageous, selfless, and loving man. Her father was born on June in June, so she chose to hold her first Father's Day celebration in Spokane, Washington on the 19th of June, 1910. In 1924, President Calvage Coolidge proclaimed the third Sunday in June as Father's Day. This, this is really touching to me. It says, roses are the Father's Day flower. Red is to be worn for a living father, and white is to be worn for a father that has passed away. A good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and unappreciated heroes of all humanity. And I think that's pretty true. Someone noticed that the word father appears in the dictionary just before the word fatigue and just after the word fathead. So to all you fatigued, fathead fathers, happy Father's Day. One day a little boy was asked to define Father's Day, and he said, it's just like Mother's Day, only you don't have to spend as much money. I recently found a site called Kids Speak a Different Language, and they do, 
parents frequently make the mistake of thinking they, their kids speak the same language as their, they speak the same language as their children. And we see this kind of misunderstanding all the time. Even though we Americans and the English people supposedly speak English, there's often a misunderstanding. For instance, when an American says bonnet, they mean some kind of a hat. But when an Englishman says bonnet, they mean the hood of a car. It's the same. It's the, the same is true when talking with your children. At first, it seems we are all speaking English, but on closer inspections, it becomes clear that children and parents speak entirely different dialects. In the interest of better transgeneral communication, here are some key phrases and their translations. I cannot finish my hamburger, meaning your son has eaten enough. Or I cannot finish my fish, meaning that your daughter who does not like fish in the first place figures she's eaten enough to satisfy and still get dessert. I can't finish my dessert, meaning that your kid is definitely sick and you should take it to the doctor as soon as possible. <laughs> I didn't do it, trans, translation. is It has been conclusively proven that I didn't do it, that I did do it. Frankie Smith is such a no-good rotten liar, meaning expect a call from Frankie's father. <laughs> mom says it's okay. The translation is going to ask mom as soon as you say yes. It says, Dad, can I have a dog? Meaning your son wants a dog. Dad, can I have a boa constrictor? Meaning your son wants a dog, but figures asking for something really awful puts him in a better bargaining position. <laughs> I think that all parents can, can testify that their children or grandchildren do speak a different language, and they do. And it's one of the reasons that it is very difficult to bring up a child. There are other reasons, of course, but I don't want to go into that today. Instead, I want to speak to the men who are both fathers and grandfathers about some of the things that we do to make ourselves better parents and grandparents. There is a wonderful wisdom saying in Proverbs 22 and 6, bringing up a child in the way he should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. We love our children and grandchildren and treat them well. Yet sometimes they turn away from us and sometimes they journey on roads that do not understand or, or we approve of. But in the end, if our hearts are open, if the foundation is well laid, we see them return to us much like the prodigal son returning to his father. This seems to be the record thing. If the door is open, they will normally pass through it. I think part of the problem we have as parents is not that we have difficult children or even that they speak a different language than we do. Through all this is very, very often true. I'm convinced a portion of the problem is that we, too, as parents, often do not know the way our children should go. And more importantly, even when we know the way, we often fail to live it. And so our children become angry, distant alienated from us and from God. So what is the way? As men, we must actually live godly lives. We must keep promises concerning our relationships to the Lord. We must keep our promises with our relationships with our family and our relationships with other people. We must be mature in, in our faith and be a spiritual head of the family as God has called us to be. We as men must commit ourselves to build some strong biblical marriages and support the mission of Christ. 
with, with our time, talent, and with prayers. As men of Christ, we must devote ourselves to demonstrating the love of Christ in our community. As men of Christ, we are, the, live, we are to live moral and victorious lives based on the scriptural premises, principles. I'm sorry. The result will not only be renewed of our own lives as men, it will bring renewal to our families, our churches, and our community, and ultimately to our world. And it is working. It is working because the secret of all successful marriages, of all successful parenting, always resets in two sets of hands. First and foremost, the hand of God, and second, in our own hands. If we allow those hands to be linked together, the results are incredible. Lives are changed, lives improved, and families healed. If we lead godly lives, then the odds are that our children will lead godly lives, and that's a true statement, more than likely. I mean, I'm not saying they always will, but they always come back. I'm, I'm, uh, most, most of the time, they always come back. Now, there are times when we men do not always say what we mean. Ladies, please allow me to translate for your future benefit. When a man says it would take a long time to explain, it generally means I have no idea how it works. When a man says, take a break, honey, you're working too hard, he really means I can't hear the game over the vacuum cleaner. When we say, when we say I heard you, it means I haven't the foggiest clue what you just said, and I'm hoping desperately that I can fake it well enough that you won't spend the next three days telling me that I never listened to you. When guys say, that's not what I meant. He means if something I said can be interpreted two ways and one of the ways makes you sad or angry, I meant it the other way. <laughs> and lastly, when guys say I can't find it, he means I didn't, it didn't fall into my outstretched hand so I'm completely clueless. Am I speaking the truth here, ladies? In Ephesians and again in the Colossians, uh, Paul shares the word that he receives from the Lord concerning children and their parents. He writes, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is, this is right. Honor your mother and father, which is the first commandment, with a promise that it may go right with you and that you may enjoy long life on this earth. That don't sound like the, the one out of the Bible. is probably the Amplified Version, but it means the same thing. Then he writes, Fathers, do not provoke your children. Do not aspirate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instructions of the Lord. These last words are surely inspiring. Do not provoke, do not aspirate your children. Do not break your promises to them. Do not neglect them or, mis or mindlessly indulge their every whim so that they lose all respect of you. My wife's always said... Hey, a youngin's like your stomach. It don't need everything you can give it. She's often said that to me. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Someone once said a boy loves his mother but will follow his father. Parenting, parenting is never easy. It is not easy being a father or a mother. It has incredible challenges, incredible pains, as well as incredible joys. We can do better things for our children that personally walk, uh, personally walk in the ways that we should go, be mature in the faith, and be constantly open to the transformation power of Christ. 
Some times ago, I heard a touching story about a humbled, <clears throat> consecrated pastor. His youth, young son had become ill. After the boy had undergo an exhaustive series of tests, the father was told the shocking news that his son had a terminal illness. The youngster was living for the Lord, so the minister knew that death would usher him into the glory. But he wondered how to inform one of, the, of a, a, a child in the bloom of his life how, how he would die so soon. After earnestly seeking the direction of the Holy Spirit, he went with a heavy heart through the hospital ward and to his son's bedside. First he read a passage of scripture and had a time of prayer with his son. Then he gently told him that the doctors could promise him only just a few more days to live. Are you afraid to meet Jesus, my son? asked his devoted father. Blinking away a few tears, the little, the little fellow said bravely, No, not if he's like you, Dad. The best thing that we can do for our children and grandchildren is, is for each one of us to personally be right with God and to walk in the ways of the Lord. Never be satisfied, but to continually seek to be transformed into the image of Christ. To finish this marathon of life, the race laid before us, and, and, and to finish well, to give our all, and when we cross over to the other side of eternity, to collapse into our Savior's arm, knowing that we had more to give, and to hear our Savior's voice say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have fought the good fight, and you have finished the race. That, that was a touching thing to me. I, 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 I'm glad I got to share it with you. And um, at this moment, if y'all remember... This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.